Good morning. It is great to see you guys here today in Maryville. Everybody at Bearden that is tuning in and uh, connecting there. And if you're at home watching, glad you're with us. Uh, if you've got a Bible, let's go to Genesis chapter 37. Be there in just a minute as we uh, start a brand new sermon series called Dangerous Dreams. Now, if you were to ask me when I was uh, five years old what I wanted to be when I grow up, uh, I probably would have told you Luke Skywalker or Indiana Jones. And uh, if you were raised in the 80s, you would agree with me and say, those are pretty solid choices, Trent. I'm going to go with you on that. And at some point in our life, though, as we grow up, we, we kind of leave the childish dreams behind us and we start to have real dreams, uh, real future hopes, real aspirations, things we want to do, uh, things that God puts on our heart to do. And we start to chase after those dreams. And I would imagine those of you listening today uh, are with me on that. You have some dreams, you have some aspirations, things that you want to pursue and accomplish. But my question is like, what do you do when your dream seems like it's never going to happen? What do you do when life takes a turn for the worst and, and those dreams seem to be all but lost? What then? How do you respond? What do you do? Is it all hopeless? Uh, I think no matter what your dreams or how those dreams have been shattered uh, in your life, no matter how difficult things have been, I want you to hear through this series that there is hope for you. There's hope in Jesus. Maybe the dream isn't lost, um, maybe, you just forgot something that all of us need to be reminded about as we start this series. And that is this, dreams are always dangerous. Think about it. If God puts a, a dream and a burden on your heart, something that he wants you to do, raise a godly family, marry a godly uh, woman or man, uh, start a business, uh, resurrect a dying business, what, whatever he puts on your heart to do, it is a dangerous dream. And the minute that you start to consider and think, oh man, I think this is what God wants me to do. Immediately, the enemy wants to destroy it. The moment you announce, this is what I think God wants me to do. The enemy wants to attack it. Now we know when we wanna accomplish a dream, it's gonna require sacrifice. It's gonna require hard work, right? That's another reason why dreams are dangerous because there's a lot of work involved in that. And at the same time, it's gonna require a certain level of faith in God to actually accomplish that. It's gonna require faith in yourself, right? That, that God is gonna enable you to actually do it. And so there is great risk involved if you are chasing after a dream today. You might fail. You might not make it. All of that is true, which means that if you're chasing a God-given dream today, you are in dangerous territory. But here's what I want you to know. Dreams are necessary. Dreams are necessary. Without a dream, without a, a vision for what God wants to do in your life, you might miss what God wants you to do. If you're not chasing the God-given dream that He's given to you, then it's easy to get stuck in life. It's easy to kind of get caught in old bad habits. It's easy to just kind of eke your way through life. But I realize that some of you are here today and, and listening and, and, and you've got some shattered dreams. There have been some dreams that have been shattered and, 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 and you're 
kind of considering I, I, like it's over for me or I've missed it or I'm not gonna be able to overcome this or it's just so hard that I don't know how it's going to get any better. Proverbs 29, 18 says, without a vision, the people perish. And so God wants to give you a dream. He wants to give you this, this desire within you to accomplish something for his glory. And that might mean a, a marriage that is centered upon Christ. But at the same time, maybe you walk in here today and your marriage isn't what you had hoped it would be. So what do you do? Some of you have a shattered dream when it comes to your career. You're not doing what you had hoped you would be doing at this point. Maybe you're just in a season of suffering today. And, and so you're just really going through a lot of challenging and, and, and hurtful things in your life and potentially you're losing hope. Some of you have just flat, flat out forgotten your dream. You just forgot about it. And you got so busy on today and what's happening next that you just forgot about like the bigger picture of what God is doing in your life. And as a result, you've lost your purpose. And listen, when you lose your purpose, you, when, you, when you lose what God puts you on this earth to do, then you're always gonna be lost and broken and you're always gonna feel alone. But this, this God-sized dream that we're talking about, this God-ordained passion comes deep within your soul. Right? This is something that, that, that wakes you up early, that keeps you up late at night. This is something that is the most exciting thing about your day, but it can also be the hardest part of your day. It's what makes you laugh. It's what makes you cry. It's what makes you beat your fist upon a table. Right? This is what a God-sized dream does in our life. And if you're chasing a dream today, just know this, it will be frustrating because you're always gonna face adversity. You're always going to face the challenge of accomplishing what God set out to do in and through you. But we want to learn this in this series. When you are faithful in the face of adversity, you will see the proof of God's presence. Some of you are going through adversity today and you don't see the proof of God's presence yet. And so maybe you've walked in here, maybe you're tuning in and you're just like, man, God isn't with me. He doesn't love me. He's not answering my prayers. He's not doing the things that I think he should be doing. You don't see the proof of God's presence. And so my encouragement for you through this series is gonna be this. When you are faithful in the adversity, when you are faithful to him, when you are faithful to Christ, then you will begin to see the proof of his presence. And so our attitude and our mindset has to begin to shift on, am I being faithful? Am I being faithful in the midst of this season? And as we do that, I know that you will begin to see the power of God's presence in your life. So what is your dream? What do you wanna do? You wanna to go to a college, you wanna marry somebody, you wanna start a business, you wanna do something great. What is it that God has put upon your heart? The reality is I believe God does have a dream for you. He does want you to become something. He does want you to do something for his glory. But maybe you've just forgotten what that dream is. Maybe you've not been seeking after it. Maybe you don't even see God in your situation at all and you think he's just kind of out of the picture. But if that's you, I wanna encourage you. I think you're gonna love this sermon series because we're gonna look at the life of Joseph 
And we're gonna see that in his life, man, he had a God-sized dream. He, he, he was uh, excited about it, but it literally got smashed right before his eyes. And I'm sure that he felt like some of you today. He felt like nobody was supporting him. He felt like he was alone. In fact, uh, he grew up in a dysfunctional family. We're gonna see. And uh, everybody, I think, grew up in some form of a dysfunctional family. We all, you know, have dysfunction in some ways. And, and his was, was pretty bad. His, his mom died when he was a teenager. Uh, his brothers hated him. His family, uh, his brothers wouldn't talk to him. Like they hated him so much. There was anger and frustration. Uh, there was favoritism in the family and so much jealousy in the family as well. But despite all of the things that Joseph went through, all of the, 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 the bad upbringing and, and, and the deceitfulness and even, even murder that was taking place uh, around him. Here's what we know. When God is behind your dream, God will bless the dreamer. So we wanna hold on to that promise that if it is a God ordained dream in your life, God will bless that dreamer. So let's start in verse one of chapter 37 and get to the story. Jacob lived in the land of his fathers, sojourning in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph being 17 years old. How many 17 year olds in the room all around? All right, that's how old Joseph is when we uh, begin and pick up his story. He was pasturing the flock with his brothers and he was a, a boy with the sons of, uh, of Bilhah and Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. So Joseph is kind of like the manager and he brings to his father a bad report of his brothers. His brothers were a rough crowd. Uh, there's a story, side story, his, his sister gets raped by a man. The brothers don't just go kill that man, they end up killing everybody in the village, right? This is, a, this is a, a pretty harsh group of men. And so he gives them a bad report. Verse three, now Israel, um, Jacob's name was changed to Israel. So in the Bible, uh, those two names are interchangeable, same person. Love Joseph, listen to this, more than any other of his sons, because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a robe of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. Wow, this is a picture of a dysfunctional family. You've got favoritism. You've got Jacob who has four wives, right? I don't know any man that can really make one woman happy, let alone four. So I don't know what he was thinking on that one, but you know, we, we read the Old Testament, you know, we see things like this and we're like, why do they do that? That's wrong. Yeah, it was wrong. These guys are, are, are sinful people doing what they wanted to do. This was not like God's plan for him, uh, but that's what he chose. He had, he had 12 sons and he had one daughter. Uh, Joseph though is, is the, the firstborn son of his wife, Rachel. Now love triangle, go read the story, but uh, Jacob loved Rachel. That was like who he wanted to be with, but her father tricked him and kind of manipulated the situation because he wanted her to marry Leah first, uh, Rachel's sister. And so he marries Leah first and he waits around seven years and finally gets to marry Rachel. And so once he does though, they couldn't have children. And so they're begging God, you know, give us a child, bless us with a child. And, 
It just didn't happen until finally God does answer that prayer. And it says in his old age, he's proud of the fact that he had uh, Joseph. Now he was in his upper 80s, uh, early 90s when Joseph is born. So he's proud of that fact. I mean, you know, imagine puffing out your 90 year old chest walking through the village. (laughs) I told you I still got it. You know what I'm saying? I told you. This is, this, is, this is Jacob. This is the wife that he loves. In his old age, he has a son. And yes, he is the son that he loves. And so he gives him the famous coat of many colors. And so we don't really know what kind of robe this was, but it was most likely a robe with long sleeves. And the, the point of the robe, though, was that it was showing the position that Joseph had in the family. Because he was the firstborn son of Rachel, he was going to get the inheritance. He was going to get the authority to lead the other brothers. And so he was the manager. He was, in fact, the leader. And he, in fact, was being favored by Jacob, right? And so because of his love, because of his position, the brothers are jealous. The brothers actually hate him. They despise him. And they can't even speak a kind word to him. And some of you can kind of relate to a a home life that is very dysfunctional. You can relate to the anger and the frustration and the favoritism maybe or, 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 or whatever it was in your family that you went through. It was unhealthy. And this is the life that Joseph is living. Very unhealthy life. He's 17 years old. He's a young man who has lost his mother. His brothers hate him. And he feels like he doesn't have anybody to talk to. And some of you know what that feels like. And so if you can relate to this picture, if you can kind of put yourself in his position, you can start to ask, okay, what does he do? How does he overcome this? And so let's jump to the next section here in verse five. It says, now Joseph had a dream. So he has a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. Now, why would they hate him even more? Well, he said to them, this is the dream that I have, that I have dreamed, behold, We were binding sheaves in the field and behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright and behold, your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. (laughs) Now, I mean, you would think that he would kind of get, hey, this dream is going to really tick them off, right? But he, he tells them that. And then his brothers said to him, are you indeed to reign over us? Are you indeed to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dream and for his words. Then he dreamed another dream and he told it to his brothers and said, behold, I have dreamed another dream and behold, the sun, the moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. (laughs) AKA all you brothers, y'all are the stars. Mom and dad are the sun and moon and you guys are bowing down to me. But when he told it to his father and his brothers, his father rebuked him and said to him, what is this dream that you've dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brothers indeed come to bow ourselves to the ground before you? And his brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the saying in mind. So this is uh, the first truth that I want us to, to, to gain today because I think this is important. But dreams come before ability. Dreams come before ability. Joseph had the dream before he had the ability to understand what it meant before he understood how he should communicate it and before he really had a sense of what in the world does this mean, right? He shared it with people who were not safe and they crushed the dream in front of him, 
right? And this is gonna be true for us too. God's gonna put a dream on your heart and you're not necessarily gonna have all the ability to accomplish it. If it's a God-sized dream, then there's no way we could ever accomplish it on our own. We need His grace. We need His love. We need Him to open up the doors. We need His blessing. Like we can't do anything in this life on our own. We need other people in our life to help us. But most importantly, we need the blessing and the hand of the Lord. And so Joseph is sharing this dream and Jacob is saying, son, this is not good. You know, he's rebuking him, telling him to be quiet. And at 17 years old, he just didn't know how to actually articulate and communicate what he was going through. And, you know, I think this is important. Like sometimes we might share a dream and it comes across as arrogant. You know, it might sound prideful. And sometimes dreams, when we're sharing that, we, we might come across like that. So we've got to be mindful of that. But for the brothers who already thought that he was this, you know, the favorite younger son, he gets everything and, and, and he's like our manner. He's the boss, right? And now he's, he's sharing this. They're thinking this arrogant, spoiled brat, who does he think he is, right? And so I think the takeaway is be very careful who you communicate your dreams to because there are a lot of unsafe people out there. And it might even be a family member that is jealous of you or doesn't want to see you do something that is maybe what they might think is better than what they've done or whatever. There's a lot of jealous reasons why people want to smash dreams. And so we've got to be careful not to share it with the wrong person because they'll shoot it down. They'll be negative. They won't encourage you. Your dream is like this fragile little seed that needs to be planted and, in, in, you know, in, in, in this little, you know, dirt and you got to kind of tend it. You got to water it. You got to care for it. And as, as it begins to sprout, it's very tender. It's very precious. And so you've got to be careful. The wrong person could smash it. And maybe that's what's happened to some of you. You've been discouraged. Uh, you shared a dream with someone that wasn't safe and they didn't believe in you. They criticized you, you know, and you, you started to believe them. And you started to, to give up and, and your dream was kind of lost. And that might've been a husband or a wife. It might've been a family member, a best friend. And you got to realize that jealous people will be the first ones to try to smash your dream. Jealous people will be the first ones to try to intimidate you and, and not do what God wants you to do. And so people are intimidated by dreamers. We tend to want to be around people that we're better than. And if somebody's dreaming this and doing this and doing something great, it might make us feel like lesser of a person. And so, hey, you just be normal like me. You just, you just not do anything for God either. And we'll both just not do anything for God. And that helps people feel better about themselves. And so this is what Joseph is facing. He's very discouraged. Some of you are very discouraged. Let's keep reading. Verse 12. Now his brothers went to pasture their father's flock near Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, are not your brothers pasturing the flock at Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. And he said to him, here I am. So he said to him, go now, see if it is well with your brothers and with the flock and bring me word. Go check on your brothers. They're a ragtag bunch of people I can't really trust. You're the manager, you're in charge, go check on them. So he sent him from the Valley of Hebron and he came to Shechem, about 50 miles worth of travel to get to them. And they saw him from afar. And before he came near to them, they conspired against him to kill him. They said to one another, here comes this dreamer. 
Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits like an empty well. Then he will say, then we will say that a fierce animal has devoured him and we will see what will become of his dream, right? We'll show him. Here he comes. They come up with this plan to kill him. They come up with this plan to get rid of him. Here comes that, here comes this dreamer. This guy that thinks he's going to do something for the Lord. This guy that thinks he's, he's going to do something, you know, that, that, that God has put on his heart. We'll show him, right? Here, here's the second point I want you to see today. Dreams need adversity to build character. Dreams need adversity to build character. You're not going to have a dream on Sunday and wake up and have it all figured out and finished by Monday night. Just that, it's not how it works, is it? We understand that. Same is true for Joseph. It's not going to work that way. The anger of his brothers is finally unleashed upon him. When he comes to them as they're about to kill him, his brother Reuben, his older brother is like, hey, hey, let's not kill the guy. Let's just beat him up and throw him into the cistern. And, And he's thinking in his mind, I'll come back and I'll actually save him. So he's trying to help his brother. And, and so they're like, okay, so he comes They immediately strip him of the robe because they're really jealous about the robe. They beat him up and they throw him into the pit. But then in verses 25 to 28, it gets even worse for him. Instead of just sitting there and and slowly dying in the cistern while his brothers are eating lunch, by the way, they beat him up, throw him in there to die and they're eating lunch. They see a caravan of people coming by and, 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 and Judah goes, hey, instead of just killing the kid, how about we sell him and make a little money? No, we don't want to kill the guy. Maybe somebody gets angry at us. We don't want his blood on our hands. And so that's what they do. They sell him into slavery for 20 pieces of silver, which was a very low price at at that time anyway. And so they say, we're just going to go back to dad. We'll come up with a story. We have a lie that we'll tell. We'll deceive him. And so here's what they do. Verse 31, they took Joseph's robe. They slaughtered a goat. They, they dipped the blood of the, uh, of, the, of the goat onto the robe. And then they sent the robe of many colors and brought it to their father and said, hey, this is, we, we, we found this, dad. We, we don't know what's going on. We found this. Could you identify this for us? Is this your son's robe? We don't know. Is this look like your son's robe? And he was like, yeah, I identify that. It's my son's robe. And immediately he, he knows like, okay, oh my gosh, a fierce animal has killed him, devoured him. Joseph is without doubt torn to pieces, he says. Then Jacob tore his garments and he put sackcloth on his loins and mourned, mourned for his son many days. All his sons and all his daughters rose up to comfort him. Dad, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. But he refused to be comforted and he said, no, I shall go down to Sheol to my son mourning. Thus his father wept for him. It's a very tragic story as they, they put blood on the coat, they deceive Jacob, they sell Joseph into slavery, right? Dreams are given to us. We don't have the ability to, to take care of it immediately and, and, and communicate it necessarily well or, or accomplish it. We've got to grow. Here's what we need. Dreams need adversity. Dreams need adversity to grow character. Joseph needed to grow character. He needed adversity into his life. Just like gold is purified by a really hot fire. It melts away all the impure uh, other metals that nobody cares about so that 
only the gold is left pure. And that's what is valuable and important. And in the same way, that's what God does in our life. He brings this fire into our life to refine you, to, to burn off all the impure metals like jealousy and anger and envy and, and pride. He, he wants all of that to, to, to be burnt out of our lives. And he knows that the testing of the fire of adversity in our life is how he actually does it. God's gonna bring this adversity into your life. First Peter 1, 7 says that our faith is tested by fire to make us stronger. And as we gain strength in that adversity, then he says our faith is then made genuine to us. In other words, when we are faithful to God in that adversity, now we know that we and our faith is actually genuine. So it's for our good, it's for our strength. We know, we trust that God's love is in that fire of adversity. And listen, when your dream is tested, and listen, it needs to be tested. Your dream needs to be tested. It needs to go through the fire. And the reason is because God wants to strengthen you. And he knows that growth happens through difficult times. When everything is great in your life, that's when our prayer life diminishes. But when adversity, when the heat of suffering comes into your life, that's when some of you finally decide to pray. That's when all of us decide to pray, honestly. It's when the fire of adversity comes into our life that we begin and have an opportunity to discover the true love of God in our life. But when we look at adversity into our life, we have two trials that I wanna talk about today. And the first is the trial of unknown sacrifice. The trial of unknown sacrifice, man, we don't know what the sacrifice is gonna be. It's unknown to us. Now, immediately when we talk about dreams, we might say, yeah, 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 I understand. Dreams are gonna be difficult. Accomplishing my goal is gonna be hard. So I, I, I get hard work, late nights, early mornings, the grind. I understand that. It's gonna take sacrifice, right? Yes, but it's also gonna take unknown sacrifice. In other words, you didn't know that that relationship had to end for you to become what God wanted you to become. You didn't actually count on losing someone that you love dearly to cancer. That wasn't part of the plan. That was the unknown sacrifice that God said needs to happen in order to grow your faith and allow you to become who I want you to be. You see, it's really easy no matter how your dream was, was smashed or intimidated. Every single time we go through adversity, we will, we will respond like this. I've done it a hundred times. Like, God, I understand like adversity is necessary, but why this? Why this? Like, why didn't you give me what that guy had to go through? That seems like it would have been easier. I would have been able to handle that one. Every single one of us will be tempted to say, God, not this, anything, but this. And this is the unknown sacrifice. You don't know what it's gonna be. But when you face it, we realize that this is what God is putting before us. And so we, we've gotta stop wasting time with the, I should have done this and could have done this and this was different. I wish this wouldn't have happened. We've gotta stop wasting time in the past and start spending energy actually dealing with the mountain that is before us. Joseph didn't choose slavery. He didn't choose watching his mom die, giving birth to his little brother. He didn't choose prison. We're gonna see next week. 
I'm sure he didn't choose the favoritism that his father gave him, but that is what happened. And he had to deal with it and he had to move through it. What I want you to see is that the trial that you're going through, whatever adversity it is today that you're facing, it doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. It doesn't mean that God isn't with you. It actually means that this is the journey that God has put you on. This is the sacrifice that you must face. This is the mountain that you must climb. For many of us though, we forget this. Every great movie that you've ever watched, the hero had a mountain to climb. He had a dragon to slay, right? He, he had an enemy that he had to defeat. And we don't, get to, we don't get to pick the enemy. We don't get to pick the mountain, but we have to trust that God is in control. We trust that God loves us. We trust that God wants the best for us. And he knows this is the trial that we needed, whether we would have chosen it or not. When we face that mountain, when you are faithful, in the face of that adversity, you will experience the presence and power of a holy God. Here's the second trial that you might be facing today. And that is the trial of deception and sorrow. Deception and sorrow. For Joseph, his brothers were deceiving his father. They're lying about him. Deceiving, tricking, lying. Some of you will go through this along your journey, people will lie about you, say things about you that aren't true, right? They'll try to deceive others about who you are or what you stand for or what you do. And they'll tell half truths that put you in a bad light. And you'll wanna spend time arguing on Twitter or wherever else, that's not true and this didn't happen. And let me correct this story and you're gonna wanna do that. But it's like, no, that's not how, it's not what you need to spin your wheels doing. You be faithful where you're at. You do what God is calling you to do. Don't worry about deception and lies. It's gonna be a part of your journey. But then there's also the trial of sorrow. Your heart's gonna be broken. Every single one of us have had our heart broken. Every single one of us have experienced the sorrow of a relationship ending that we didn't want to end or we lost somebody that we really loved and they died and they, they left. and. We had to deal with that. And you see deception and sorrow can derail you from the dream that God has in your heart. You can get so inward focused and become a victim and, 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 and get so depressed that, that you forget that God is bringing you through this and that God has a bigger plan for and in your life. This is a painful moment, yes, but God's gonna use that moment to help you accomplish the dream. And this story teaches us that. Look at verse 36. We'll close with this. Meanwhile, the Midianites, this is where they sold Joseph to Midianites. The Midianites ended up selling Joseph in Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard. And now it's like the story takes a twist. It's why when you're watching Netflix and in the end of the show, it's like, da, da, da. And you're like, oh, I got to watch the next one. I can't not know what's going to happen next. This is kind of like that. Like Egypt, Potiphar, how's he getting that? What's God doing? Everybody say bigger plan. Let's say it one more time together. Bigger plan. 
God's got a bigger plan for you. God's plan was that Jacob's family be moved to Egypt. God's got a bigger plan for you. They didn't understand that. They never would have moved to Egypt. They never would have left where they were at in the land of Canaan. There was no reason to do that. What is God doing here? God has a bigger plan for your life. And so the point that I wanna make is that dreams are gonna require time for growth. A little bit at a time, a few degrees at a time, a few degrees at a time. You don't, you don't turn you know, a ship 180 degrees in five seconds. No, it's a few degrees at a time, a few degrees at a time, right? And this is what God's gonna do in your life. He's slowly growing you. He's slowly bringing you through adversity. He's throw, uh, slowly uh, giving you hope, slowly building you into the man of God that you, you don't even quite get or grasp, but, but God sees it. God knows where he's taking you and he's got a bigger plan and we can trust that, that God is working, that God is growing and that God is in control. Everybody listen to me, your dream is not shattered. It's just tested. It's just tested. And it has to be tested. It has to be. I know it's hard. And I know the, the test that you're going through might not have been what you wanted, but it had to because God has to grow you. He's got to mature you because he wants you to experience a deeper level of faith, a deeper level of love, a deeper level of hope. And I'm sure Joseph thought, man, my dream is totally smashed. I don't know what that was about, but I'm in slavery. <laughs> it's not going the way I had planned. I'm sure he was depressed. I'm sure he was angry. You might think like, okay, this story is gonna be about revenge. Like Joseph is coming back for all those brothers, man, they're gonna get it. Now I wanna watch that movie, right? I love a good revenge movie, but that's not what it's about. It's about God's bigger plan and bigger work. And that bigger work is on your heart. And you gotta trust him through the adversity. And what I want you to hear today and what I want you to, 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 to understand is that no matter what you're going through today, God wants you to hear this. God doesn't want you to, to lose sight of this as you face adversity, as you face the trial that whatever it is you're going through and the burden that is on your heart today is this, God is working, God is growing, God is in control. He's working in your heart and in your life in ways that you don't know. He's growing you in ways that you don't comprehend and he is in control, even though it doesn't feel like he's in control. Maybe you feel like your dream is smashed. Maybe you feel like you're in the fire of adversity right now. Remember this, God is working, God is growing, God's in control. In fact, help me preach today. Turn to the person next to you and say, hey, God is working. Tell him, tell him, say God is working. Tell him, say God's growing. Tell him God's in control. He's in control. He's growing you. 
And so what we have to do is we got to trust, trust Jesus, follow Jesus, say yes to Jesus, stop running from Jesus and stop blaming Jesus and start saying yes to Jesus. He's with you. He's for you. He loves you. He's working, right? He's growing. He's in control. And if you can hold on to the faith, then, then finally that breakthrough that you've been hoping for will come. And you'll finally begin to see, ooh, Ooh, bigger plan. My little tiny little idiot plan was down here. You, ooh, that's what he wants to do. That's what he wants to do. And so when we're faithful through the fire of adversity, you'll begin to see the presence and power of a holy God. But while you're in it, you got to trust that his love is in the fire. And that's what we want to sing about today. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, there are hurting people in the room, a burden on their heart. And we are asking God that you would, you would give us, every single person with a hurting heart today, God, give them the peace that transcends all understanding. Give them the hope that they need today that you will bring victory into your, to their life, that you are working, that you are growing and that you are in control. Jesus, your love is in the fire and your grace and your truth, even though it's hurtful and, 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 and it feels like we're alone, you're with us, touch us today. Let us feel it. Let us sense it. Let us have faith in it. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for watching this video. We'd love for you to like the video and leave a comment. And we also encourage you to subscribe and click the bell so you never miss a post from Foothills Church. To learn more about FC, just head to our website by going to foothillschurch.com or by clicking the link in the description below.